On today's show, Houston Rockets courtside reporter Vanessa Richardson sits down with new head coach Ime Udoka to tackle topics such as his shared vision with general manager Rafael Stone and Tillman Fertitta, the influence of Greg Popovich on his coaching career, as well as his fresh start and why he ultimately chose the Houston Rockets. We'll unpack all of that and more coming up right here at Lockdown Rockets. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. The Houston Rockets select... Jalen Green, Alperon Shingun, and Jabari Smith Jr. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. Every time I step on that floor, I'm coming. Hey, Houston fans, I am so happy. You're getting somebody who's going to come in with a chip on their shoulder, somebody who's going to come come in and compete from day one. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin. The show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts, including YouTube. Just go to YouTube, search Locked on Rockets. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app or create an account and use code LOCKED on NBA for $20 off your very first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And as always, thank you so much for making Locked on Rockets part of your day every single day, whether it's on the way to work, at the gym, on your lunch break, on the way home. Thank you for ma- thank you for being an everydayer. If you listen to the show every day, let me know in the YouTube comments. And I also want you to let me know in the YouTube comments how you're feeling about Ime Odoka. What stands out most about Ime Odoka to you? Watch the episode, watch the interview that... Vanessa conducts with Ime, and then give me your thoughts on him as a head coach. So Vanessa Richardson conducting a fantastic courtside interview with Ime Odoka after his introductory press conference. We're going to run that back and then share thoughts about what Ime had to say, some of the answers that he gave, all that. So let's go ahead and dive right in. Okay, first press conference in the books. How are you feeling? Feeling good. Uh, you know, I was looking forward to this day, obviously, and I'm more excited with everything we've talked about and discussed over the last few days, but um, the vision of, of Tillman and the whole group has got me more excited, so I feel great about the decision. I'm glad you brought up vision, because in order for a hire like this to happen, there has to be a shared vision. What was that shared vision between you, Rafael, and Tillman? Taking the next step uh, into being successful, and so, uh, like I, I, I said, you know, they've gone through some growing pains and some hard times recently, and. Um, you know, you can take a look around the league, whether it's OKC or Sacramento or some of these younger teams that have taken a jump uh, lately. And we want to kind of comp- uh, copy that uh, format. And so we got the young talent here. It's just a matter of putting it together on the floor. But they've gone through the hard times and now to come out on the other side is what we're looking forward to. I feel like you've lived so many different lives with, with basketball, from the development league to overseas to coaching to playing. And you've really had to grind it out. How has that impacted you as a coach? I think it builds character and, and kind of, you know, lays the foundation for who you are. Uh, you know, you go through struggles and different things as a player. I think it, you can come out on the other side and, and be a better person, better player for it. And so that's definitely helped me in my coaching career, uh, being in a lot of situations as a player and just in life in general. Um, the way you adapt and adjust to those uh, kind of uh, pulls you out on the other side with success. And so. Uh, those things I carry into my coaching career, I carry into my everyday life, and I think those are some things I can impart on the on the players. 
If you go way back, you're the son of an immigrant, you're from Portland, what was your childhood like? It was great. I mean, I had a, we're a sister and brother older. We're all a year apart, so we were obviously very close. Uh, um, all played sports, all grew up, but uh, I think, you know, growing up poor, we were, we were forced to kind of play sports to have an outlet and have something to do, and that's where I found my love for basketball. Coincidentally, uh, you know, I grew up watching Clyde Drexler, so that's, that's the guy who I modeled everything after. Listened to games on the radio with my father and even more number 22 all through high school for Clyde. So I love every time I'm here, I get a chance to say hello. And so um, that's what it was all about, you know, trying to be like him and get to this goal. And, you know, having that vision and that goal at a young age and something to shoot towards is what kind of got me through life. Clyde obviously loved here and loved in this city. What have you learned from him as you've gotten to know him? Just that he's, he's a great guy. And like, I'm a basketball guy, but he's more well-rounded for sure. You can touch on any subject with him, and he's, he's just you know outgoing person. I went to a basketball camp of his when I was young, but it was even more important when I started playing and coaching to see him you know after games when he was doing the radio and say hello and just let him know how much he impacted me as a, as a player, and this is the reason why I started playing. So Akeem as well, you know, with the Nigerian national team, we, he would take us to dinner when we come to town, and so uh, got to know them both well. And obviously, tremendous players, but uh, even better people. I'll ask you the same about Hakeem because that's another person. He walks in the room. His presence is—it's not just what he did on the court; it's off of it. What have you learned from Hakeem? Just that humility. Uh, you know, he was a fierce competitor, but just the way he carries himself, like you said, uh, you notice that right right away when you meet him. Uh, very humble guy, but. You know, he's obviously a beast on the court, and I grew up watching him as well. So, um, you know, these guys you idolize, get to know them as people is even more important that they're great guys. And so, um, you know, chance to say hello and be in the same organization where they had a ton of success is, is really important to me. Speaking of brilliant basketball minds, you played for Greg Popovich. You coached with Greg Popovich. What did you learn from Pop beyond the X's and O's? Well, the most important thing is the relationship aspect of it. Um, you know, he taught us that from day one. I felt it as a player, even being a role player coming off the bench. He, like I said, he puts his arms around everybody and uh, knows the importance of that. But um, going into the coaching side, he was the first to say it's not about the X and O's. Anybody can draw plays and scheme for, you know, different guys. But the relationship aspect. And so I saw it firsthand with Tony, Tim, Manu and those guys. But, you know, that's one thing doing it with guys for 20 years that you've been with. It's different when you have to jump around and form those relationships. But I took that from him, and I think that's by far the most uh, important piece of coaching. It's interesting because you were part of one of maybe the most known for being so selfless and unselfish basketball teams. They were also champions. Did you have any teammates that you hope your young Rockets players emulate, not so much on the court but off of it? Yeah, I mean, I played with a ton of great players, a ton of great people, and obviously coached a lot as well. And so, um, you know, I, I think for a guy to say, for instance, Kawhi Leonard, you know, he was in his first few years in San Antonio. I think him seeing the humility and the selflessness of that group has, you know, obviously helped him throughout his career. And so there's too many guys to name, obviously, <laughs> with that organization. But, um, you know, Tim, Tim Duncan would be the one that comes to mind right off top just the most uh, humble, selfless superstar you'd ever meet. And you wouldn't know he's as great as he is just by talking to him. He's never going to brag on himself. But went about it day by day. I think um, everybody's seeing that example of how he went about his business uh, carried, you know, trickled down throughout the whole, whole organization. You also spent a year in Philly, a year in Brooklyn. What did those experiences do for you as an assistant coach? I think opened my eyes to different philosophies, uh, obviously being around different players. but 
just helped me kind of, you have your foundation and your base of who you are, but this kind of opened my eyes to uh, different things, honestly. Um, obviously, Brett Brown was there, who I played for and coached with. But getting to be around Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, and then, you know, KD and James Harden and Kyrie in, in Brooklyn, it helps you kind of formulate uh, how you will uh, coach different type of guys. Uh, everybody's not going to be the Boy Scouts like San Antonio, and so you have to figure out ways to uh, make them their best and, and reach them. And so that helped me tremendously going to Boston where, you know, I had two young great superstars there as well. And I think all this stuff kind of you put that all together. It helps me into any situation I'll go into. What do you describe your coaching style as? Uh, direct, you know, I'd say that's the first thing, you know, I'm not a guy who, who sweeps it under the rug, sweeps things under the rug. Uh, you know, you want to address those head on and, and see improvement from those. So I'm direct, but you know, honest, caring, loving, and, and then obviously very competitive. And so you want your team to kind of be a reflection of who you are as a coach. And so those are lessons and things we'll instill from day one and, and try to nurture these guys to become professionals. How do you strike that balance between accountability, but then you want your players to love you and run through the proverbial brick wall for you. How do you balance that? Yeah, it goes back to the relationship piece. Um, you know, what you do off the court and the time you spend with these guys allows you to coach them a certain way on the court. And so um, that's something I look forward to doing immediately, you know, reaching out to everybody, seeing a lot of these guys in the off season, going to meet their families and be around them in their environments. And um, so we can hit the ground running when we do to get on the court. So I think that's a big part of it. And once you build those, those relationships, they understand you care about them on that level. Um, they're willing to do whatever on the court. And so the tough love will be a lot easier for them to take. Coming up a little bit more from new Rockets head coach Ime Udoka in his interview with Rockets courtside reporter Vanessa Richardson. We're going to get there in just one moment. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Look, buying tickets shouldn't be a stressful experience, whether you're trying to get tickets to a game or a concert, or maybe you're trying to go to a play, whatever it could be, you shouldn't have to be stressing out about this, right? You're trying to go out and have a good time. Game time can get rid of all those worries, all those issues. They've got flash deals on last minute tickets. It's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. You've got images of your seat view, so you know exactly the type of bang you're getting for the buck that you're spending. They've got the lowest price guaranteed events cancellation protection all of that stuff. Right now, it's the fat Game Time is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Snag the tickets without any of the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off your very first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Let's go ahead and wrap up the last little bit of Emo Doka's interview with Houston Rockets courtside reporter Vanessa Richardson. One thing I know that Rockets fans are really excited about is, is that when you were in Boston, you developed young players and you did it pretty quickly. How were you able to do that and how do you plan on doing that here with the Rockets? Well, I mean, you can't give all the credit to coaches. I, you know, I've never been one to be that naive to think it's all about coaching. You know, the talent is there, and you have to kind of bring that out of them and break some habits. So, um, people think it was overnight, and to me, we went through our grind, our grinds and uh, struggles early in the season. You know, being 500 around the midway point, but a lot had to do with health and COVID, and um, just breaking those habits. Honestly, it's not going to happen overnight. Um, 
up until that point, a lot of those guys have a ton of success doing it their way and a lot of individualized parts of their game, and you just want to bring the team concept. So it took about half a season, but once we all got it down, got healthy, everybody was on the same page, it kind of goes to the character of the guys, and uh, they were very receptive to the teaching and coaching that we were doing, and uh, at the midway point, we kind of flipped the switch and finished off great and got to the championship. What does it feel like to be in a new city, new team, and have a truly fresh start? It's exciting. Um, you know, I... I spent 10 years, you know, two hours away in San Antonio, so it's not that unfamiliar. But um, to be here is, is exciting. It's a blessing, no doubt. It's something you don't take for granted. But you're, it always comes down to the players at the end of the day, and you're excited. I'm excited about these guys and looking forward to coaching them. So the fresh start is good. Uh, uh, you know, took some time off and, and improved in a lot of areas, but um, refreshed and ready to go with this group. You mentioned in the press conference you were able to really dig into the film on this Rockets team as you approached your interview. What were some of your observations? Just the level of talent overall. I, I, under, you know, I knew Kevin and I knew Jalen from scouting and playing against them two times, you know, two years ago. But those guys have grown, you know, in their own aspect. But you know, looking down the roster, I didn't understand as much about Tari and Jabari and. Uh, Jay Sean and KJ and there's just a ton of talent. Alperin is like a mini Jokic out there so like there's things I didn't understand about these guys and so um, when you put all that together it's just a matter of you know taking the steps to grow and I think I just got a better appreciation of everybody's skill set. I want to ask you more about Tari and Jabari because they both just give a lot of effort in general especially on the defensive end of the floor they're so young. How excited are you to have two hard-nosed rookies now they'll be sophomores right? that really care about winning. Yeah, that's the first piece. I think, uh, you know, having that competitive edge is something that's harder to teach than a lot of the other things, and they have that naturally. Um, you know, the defensive part, that comes natural for them. It's an effort thing and a mentality and mindset. And so um, some guys don't have that, some guys do, and it's impressive to see, you know, first-year guys going after other players that way. And so that bodes well for the future with those guys having that mentality, something that you don't have to teach that part. It's more technique and scheme. And so... Um, that's a, kind of a, a head start on everything else just because of the competitiveness and their, their mindset toward defense and winning and being competitive. Tillman talked about it, a lot of cap space, a high draft pick. What are you most excited about it? And what type of men do you want to bring to Houston? I'd say I'm most excited about what we already have here. You know, the guys, that was the first part. Um, you know, you're not banking on a, a pick or free agents to bail you out. You want guys to improve within. And then the additions will obviously impact it as well. So. Excited about the guys, excited about all the different options that we have, uh, whether it's through the draft or free agency, a ton of flexibility. And so we can go numerous ways, and we've discussed all that. But um, in general, just the roster that I keep going back to, I'm very excited about. All right, last question. You had offers, and, and you had a lot of people that wanted to court you. Your name was in a lot of circles. Why Houston? Um, like I said, once I really dug into it, it was more impressive than I thought. I liked a lot from the outside looking in. and. A uh, big part is the players, like I said, and, and learning them, but also uh, ownership, uh, front office, and everything else in between has to be, you know, you guys have to be on the same page. And that was pretty natural when we all got together and started talking about um, what, we, what we envisioned this team being. And so that part is natural. That part was good. But um, this was here right now. Other teams were inquiring for sure. And, you know, once I found out of something I liked and the feeling is mutual, I think we both feel very, very comfortable going forward with it. Well, we're happy to have you. Welcome. Thank you. Okay, first off, a really great little sit-down interview by 
Vanessa Richardson with Ime Udoka. It's it's great when you have an opportunity with coaches, players, to have a bit more of an extended sit-down with them versus a press conference atmosphere, right, where you maybe get in, you know, one question, two questions, tops usually in a room full of other, you know, media members, reporters, and it's easier for the interviewee at the same time, right? Like I've had the opportunity to sit down and have chances to interview players before and, and, you know, have, have guys on the podcast, whether it's players, broadcasters, whoever. And when you're in a press conference setting, right, you're able to get that one-off question in, you know, you can't really establish much of a rapport, a, a back and forth. You're not really having much of a conversation with whoever you're talking to. It's just, all right, let me get my one question out. And then you know, person's moving on to the next question, right? And the next question, and the next question. And Ime Odoka actually did two different interviews. So he did a radio interview with uh, Matt Thomas, one of the radio voices for the Houston Rockets that was aired on the Matt Thomas show. And that was a fantastic, I want to say he did about, you know, a 10 minute interview on that, you know, on his show. And then he also did the interview with Vanessa Richardson with AT&T. And you see in kind of both of those interviews, more of the more of the personality and charm kind of start to come out with with Ime. And I do think one of my biggest takeaways from having seen him at the press conference to these, you know, separate interviews, I, I think what really does stand out is the kind of the impact, the teachings, the philosophy about just that selfless kind of mentality that he has, right? Where he continually highlights and circles it back to it's about the players and it's about my relationship with those players, right? And to me, one of my biggest takeaways was his answer when when asked about the influence of Greg Popovich, you know, talking about there's only so many ways, like, you know, anybody can draw up plays, right? Anybody can scheme, anybody can draw up plays, X's and O's, but it's about the players, right? And it's about the relationships you have with those players. And I think that really resonates and I think that's exactly what it is about a head coach right there's only look there's only so many ways you can skin a cat right there's only so many different ways that you can line up the five players on the court on offense or on defense and there are amazing tacticians out there look Steven Silas was supposed to be an amazing tactician and supposed to be an offensive you know amazing genius and it didn't really quite work out right so now you bring in a guy who maybe is able to connect with and better relate with the players understanding having been in their shoes and you know, is able to get the most out of them because of those connections that he's going to start working on as early as this offseason going into next year to really, like he said, right, hit the ground running. So that's the really exciting part for me about Ime Odoka is, yes, I think he's a talented basketball mind and I'm excited for the on-the-court stuff, but the way that you unlock that on-the-court potential with this group is by establishing those off-the-court relationships with the players. So coming up, I want to share other takeaways, thoughts from this interview with Rockets head coach Ime Udoka. We're going to get there in just one moment, but first, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Next game, how about James Harden to score more than 26.5 points? How about that 45-point performance in Game 1, right? LeBron James maybe to have more than 7.5 rebounds, or what about Kevin Durant to have less than 6.5 assists, or maybe Steph Curry to have more than 3.5 three-pointers made? So what is prize picks? It's daily fantasy sports, but how does it work? Basically, you pick two to six players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times back on your money on any entry that you submit. There's no competing against other people, 
people. It's just you versus the projections available. PrizePix offers projections on any sport that you watch. That's NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA. They've got you covered for all the action over at PrizePix. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that simple. They're safe. They offer fast withdrawals. Currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. And right now, every day during the NBA playoffs, one PrizePix user will win a chance at becoming a millionaire, but you've got to play to figure out how to get that million bucks. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. So don't forget to enter promo code locked on to sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Let's go into final takeaways here from the Ime Odoka interview uh, with Vanessa Richardson. And I want to say, first off, it was very cool to hear the story about his love for Clyde Drexler as a player. Obviously, somebody who grew up in that Northwest area had a lot of love for Clyde with you know his time with the Trailblazers, grew up, war number 22, all that, and then to hear about his connection with him. Uh, and then subsequently, right, his connection uh, with Hakeem Olajuwon, you know, and the impact that those guys have had on him just, you know, throughout his playing career as a coach, all that, and being able to connect with those guys when he did come to visit Houston was really cool to kind of understand that he's already got kind of, you know, prior relationships with some Rockets legends, right, guys that are, you know, are, are so integral to this franchise and have been, you know, and that you consider you, you walking around the halls of Toyota center. You're like, yeah, this, you know, these are, these are rockets legends, right. That I already have a lot of love and admiration for. So that part was pretty cool. And I do think that when you look at some of the other points that he brought up, I think the one about his, you know, coaching philosophy brought, you know, talked about being hard nosed again and, and, you know, the accountability aspect and stuff. But again, he still found a way to, to circle that back and tie it into, you know, being able to get that, being able to hold the players accountable, being able to expect the level of production that he wants to get out of them on the court starts with the off the court stuff starts with the relationships that he has to build with these guys. And, you know, talking about Jabari and Tari and what they might bring to the table defensively, it kind of their innate, you know, willingness to play defense, right? The the fact that those guys kind of have a defensive edge already as rookies. I mean, I don't know how many times I've echoed this sentiment here on this show or other places, but right, so much about defense is just desire to play defense, right? And and over time, you can teach a guy, you can teach guys the uh, the X's and O's of defense. You can teach them about schemes, about the technical aspects of things like how to close out, how to shade properly, when to dig, like all those little things. You can teach a guy that, but what you can't teach a guy is how to have heart, right? You can't teach a guy how to have that want to, that desire, that tenacity uh, to want to get after it defensively. That's something that you either have or you don't. And maybe, you know, Maybe certain guys have it more on other days than other guys, whatever. I'm not saying you have to be, you know, 110% fiery, defensive, hard-nosed all the time. But when you have that, and when that's something that you can already say is is part of your game and who you are as a player, and then it just needs to be molded, refined, pointed in the right direction, all that, that's what Ime Odoka can do for guys like Jabari and Tari. And that's also why I'm still a little bit excited about what he might be able to do for a guy like Josh Christopher, right? Somebody who, you know, does not lack for effort or or desire or heart in any capacity. He just needs 
uh, you know, to be pointed in the right direction defensively. So maybe we see Emi Odoka transform Josh Christopher into a better defensive player this upcoming season as well. It's all really exciting thinking about what he can do with the players on this roster. And I do think it was cool to hear him say, and, you know, this could just be a PR answer, but, you know, talking about this position in Houston and, and, you know, the possibility of adding more talent through the draft and then the offseason with the cap space. And he made it a point to say, you know, I'm most excited about the talent that we already have here, right? And again, could totally just be a PR answer. But at the same time, when he's when he was going through his different job offers and kind of weighing all the different, you know, possibilities together, first off, again, he knew he was going to be a sought-after head coach. I mean, there's no reason that he had to pick Houston, right? He knew that he probably was going to have the opportunity to go interview and, and maybe be a leading candidate for the Toronto job. He knew that after this you know, postseason run was done that there might be a couple vacancies opening up. Obviously, things are kind of up in the air right now with whether Mike Budenholzer comes back in Milwaukee. Who knows if Sixers and Nuggets coaches will be back with Doc Rivers, Mike Malone, although both of those series are looking pretty strong out the gate so far with Philadelphia going up, you know, 1-0 in game one, winning in Boston without Joel Embiid, a 45-point vintage James Harden game, arguably his best game in the playoffs ever. Might throw in a little tidbit here at the end of the show about that. But, I mean, the point stands is that he could have waited things out. He didn't have to choose this Rockets position if he didn't actually feel really confident about it. And what it sounds like, based on some of the reporting out there from Jonathan Fagan of the Houston Chronicle, is it sounds like Tillman Fertitta and Ime Odoka really hit it off. Is There was, you know, basically the the interview process was like a 12-hour thing. Like, basically, Ime Odoka spends all day in Houston and... Apparently, the time that he was allotted, the time that he was supposed to spend with Tillman ran significantly overboard because those two guys just completely hit it off. So it does sound like Tillman really connected with Ime and Ime connected with Tillman. And that, plus all the other selling points about this job, I mean, he ultimately decided Houston was the place. And hearing him just talk about the talent on this current roster, and obviously you still want to make the additions, you still want to be able to walk away with a top pick, ideally, right? Wimby or Scoot, where's the uh, where's the pray for Victor? Pray for Victor. There we go. Um, Got to get a pray for Victor in there. You still want to walk away with one of those guys. You still want to be able to add the right names in free agency, but where it's going to ultimately, what matters ultimately the most is what Udoka is able to do with the talent that's already on this roster because I think that's the one part that Rockets fans rarely can we agree about anything, but I think we can look at this roster and agree there is a ton of talent here. It's just been kind of mismanaged over the last couple seasons, and I really do think it's going to be kind of like a breath of fresh air to step into next season and see just how different some of the pieces that have been here for a couple years, right? Whether it's Jalen, Alpi, Jabari, Tari, Kevin, whoever, it's going to be really curious to see how those guys look with a new head coach and a new system, new schemes, new approach, new identity, all of that, just a complete facelift and overhaul starting next season. And I think some fans are going to be pleasantly surprised at the steps that this organization takes moving forward and how much better some of these guys start to look as early as opening night next season. Last thing here that I want to highlight from what Udoka said is as he was talking about some of the players on this roster, right? And this has been like this talking point, right? About, about, 
Alperin Shingun and his future. And even there have been some Turkish Rockets fans in my, in, you know, in the YouTube comments and on Twitter, just, you know, concerned about Alpi's future. And, oh my God, this is a coach who only talks about defense and Alpi's not going to have a place on this roster and, and all that. He, look, he called Alpi a mini Joker or mini, a mini Jokic, right? A mini Joker out there. So, you know, that, that bodes incredibly well, right? For a coach to see that talent and make that comparison himself when you and when you draw the uh the, the interesting i guess dichotomy right between when when i was even able to ask steven silas about Jokic comparing his game to lp or lp's game to his and uh you know talking about saying hey you know the rockets should maybe play through him and steven just didn't even really acknowledge it right kind of laughed it off it was like yeah he probably does want to play more like him right is he probably sees himself out there and yet it didn't really give like a straight up answer whereas Ime is like, oh yeah, that's a mini Jokic out there, right? Like I, and, and you know, the way he said it, the excitement when he said it was kind of like, I think he's, I think Ime is going to have a lot of fun with what he's going to do with Alper and Shingun on the floor. And again, just like being able to get Tari and Jabari pointed more in the right direction defensively, I think that's a really big part of what we're going to be able to see out of Udoka is what does he get out of Alper and Shingun defensively, right? What is he able to do differently with Alpi at the five? than Steven Silas was, right? Maybe we don't see drop coverage anymore. Maybe we see them, you know, see how see LP showing more at the level of the screen and, you know, again, relying on other guys on the roster to kind of make up, you know, make up that difference a little bit. Maybe we see some scram switching. I don't know. We're going to, that's the, I, that's the crazy thing is we're going to see, I think, a lot of flexibility and we're going to see different looks, different schemes, different approaches to how to get the most out of some of these guys. And when you hear Udoka talk about some of the names on the roster, talking about Jalen and Kevin and the talent that they have, I think he just seems really excited about what he's going to be able to do with this group of guys. And I'm really excited to see what he's going to do with this group of guys. And you as Rockets fans should be really excited about what he's going to be able to do with these players on this roster. But I want to know from you, Give me your thoughts. Give me your what what stands out to you about Ime Odoka. We've heard from him through the Rockets introductory press conference. We saw the we just saw the sit-down interview with courtside reporter Vanessa Richardson. Let me know your thoughts on Ime Odoka. What are your early impressions of him as a coach? What are you most excited for uh, about, you know, how, what he's going to be able to do with this Rockets team? Let me know in the YouTube comments. But as always, thank you so much for checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcast. That's Apple's Lob Threat. Wow, that's fun. I hit the soundboard. <laughs> oh, Steven Silas makes a random appearance here at the end of the show. Lob threat. Oh, man. As always, thank you so much for checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcast. That's Apple, Spotify, Google, the Odyssey app, free and available on all podcast platforms. We're also available on YouTube. Just go to YouTube, search Locked on Rockets. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for... Lob Lob threat. There we go. <laughs> and as always, we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.